Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the 360 Recruiting Podcast Brought to you by Sooners360.com, OU News, recruiting, great message board up there, really fantastic stuff. I'm not your usual host. Typically, it is Matt, but choosing to fill in tonight for him. He had some stuff come up. If you guys don't recognize, um, I am Barry from the Barry and Max Show, uh, personal trainer, sports performance coach, and contributor there at uh, Sooners360.com, but I am probably not the voice that you recruiting heads are tuning in to hear. That voice belongs to Mr. Chris Mason. You can find him on Sooners360.com. He is the lead recruiting analyst. Chris, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good. We're, it's, uh, we're seven days away from signing day. It's sort of like the signing day eve for this podcast. Man, there's some uh, there's some news um, around Norman right now. The biggest news, it's the McCullough brothers. As many Sooner fans know, if you weren't on Twitter or on any message board, they uh, committed over the weekend two fantastic players. Uh, one is a uh, transfer from Indiana, uh, 6'4", 6'5", frame, fantastic sort of hybrid position. Uh, we know that OU is interested in him at uh, at Cheetah, at linebacker. And then you've also got uh, Day McCullough, um, safety out of high school, another 6'2", very long guy. Um, Chris, kind of give us the rundown on what happened with all this, uh, the commitment, and your initial impressions on where OU is going with everything. Well, OU has have been involved with Dason McCullough for, you know, basically three years. Um, I remember being sort of obsessed with his film before he verbaled to Ohio State the beginning, the summer before his senior year, which would be summer of um, 2020, actually. Um, he's just a fantastic, you know, fantastic athlete. Had this convoluted recruiting where he was verbal to Ohio State. Then he followed his dad to Indiana. Then his dad switched from Indiana to Notre Dame. And Dason stayed at Indiana. Didn't, wasn't sure. Uh, if he was going to hit the transfer portal. But when OU offered Day McCullough, which was in early November, when OU started making some more DB offers, when it was very clear that the Ryan Yates Express was derailed, they weren't going to get the double Denton safeties. And they weren't going to get Marvin Burks, the potential safety from the St. Louis area. And none of their other real safety prospects were really landing. 
kind of out of nowhere, OU offered about five or six DB players, uh, athlete DB kind of combo guys, mostly from the Southeast, some from Texas. But out of nowhere, like, like Alfred Day McCullough from Notre Dame, that's sorry, from South Bend. He goes to high school in South Bend because uh, his dad's working in South Bend uh, at Notre Dame. Okay. They offered Day McCullough. And I was like, well, that's kind of a surprising name. He's committed to Cincinnati. Does, does OU know something about Luke Fickle going somewhere? Um, sort of, mm. a, it was a surprising offer. And I was like, and I said in our kind of admin, super secret admin black ops chat, chat, uh, chat session, I was like, wouldn't it be great if OU could get Day and all of a sudden Dayson entered the portal? Because he, he would solve one of OU's huge linebacker problems for next year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and lo and behold, the day thing was like quiet. It was very, very quiet. And then within a week, Dayson hits the portal. Day confirms he's visiting Norman. And then Dayson says he's visiting Norman. So this is literally, he gets offered maybe like November 5th. We don't hear anything about him. You won't hear him discussed in the first couple of podcasts we did. And then his brother hits the portal. We get word pretty much that time, around that time, from, from one of our sources. And we, we hit our VIP board and say, we think OU is going to be a huge factor in the McCullough brothers' commitment, in the brothers McCullough brothers' recruiting race. And then mm-hmm. within a, within 24 hours, the rest of the Sooner recruiting internet has that has that story. Wow! So it was it's amazing because really these two players, when you think about it, OU needed another safety. OU's got to have a safety just to protect themselves in case they don't get to a they don't get a certain dent in safety. Who we'll talk about in greater <laughs> That's detail right. coming up. That's right. He who shall he who shall be named later. Oh, you had to get another safety in this class to really protect their numbers, a high school safety, because they're planning on playing Dakari Vickers at cornerback, uh, uh, Jacoby Johnson at cornerback, and Josiah Wagner also is probably a nickelback cornerback as well. So Eric McCarty was really the only safety in the class at that point. Hmm. And Eric probably has a, has a athletic profile that can take him in a number of different directions. So yeah. he's not really playing a lot of safety right now in high school. I know he got hurt. We all hate that injury for him. Hopefully he, he, he should be enrolling early at OU so he can get rehabbed correctly. And hopefully this doesn't disrupt perhaps um, doesn't disrupt his career. Just hate that for the guy, hate that for the guy that gets such a bad injury, you know, so late in his high school career. But OU didn't have a safety. And as we know, we knew the portal was going to have some OU safety players. We knew probably Jordan Mooks was moving on. We knew probably Bryson Washington was moving on. Uh, We know Justin Broyles is out of eligibility. Um, So OU needed a high school safety regardless. So Day by himself is a huge fit for OU in terms of their class, their class combinations. If something goes wrong and they don't get the Denton, the other, the the Denton, uh, the other Denton kid, we'll call him that for now. Oh, uh, you needed a high school safety, and at a minimum, Day is a great looking high school safety. He Agreed. could be more. He could be something else in the, you know, he could be six three two twenty and and be kind of a Roy Williams kind of intimidating 
you know, call it a cheetah, call it a Roy back, call it a nickel safety, whatever you want to call it. I think we're going to see all kinds of flexibility in the OU defense moving forward with guys who are able to do multiple things and keep things confusing out there for quarterbacks. But if you just at a bare minimum day is a great looking safety prospect. And I think he's better than Ryan Yates on film. He looks like he's got a bigger frame to me than Marvin Burks. And I, I agree I, with that. I think he's just, he's got a bigger, he's, he looks more physical. Um, and I love the fact that he also plays wide receiver for his high school and does a really good job making plays there too. So, you know, he's ranked like top 300 by at least one service. A couple of the other services have a slightly lower opinion of day. I looking at this film, I think they're kind of crazy. I think you're looking at like a fringe top 200 kind of player. Yeah, he's so so with him what I find interesting and I, the reason I don't think his ranking is as quite high is, is something we've talked about in the chat and I've covered on uh Sooners 360 is that OU really is looking defensively for like two types of guys. You have got to be either very long and very athletic going forward and and very physical at the point of attack. Uh, which uh, the McCullough brothers both fit that profile, as well as some other guys who have been brought on in this class. Or you have got to be a side-to-side twitchy athlete with with some serious speed and and lateral change of direction ability and ball skills. So that they're trying to blend this element which would be like a Vickers or like a player we'll talk about in a little bit your your Wagners right just guys who are are very quick off their feet economical with their movement just overall um guys who would just create space all all over the place on a basketball court uh those kind of individuals and um the, well what day offers is a safety who who knows, as you said, if he stays at that safety spot, he may, you know, eat and Schmidt may train him out of that position. Well, we don't know. But going forward, hitting the gas, he's got some pop to him. Um, he gets up a little bit. I think when he gets to OU, though, um, his explosiveness, his his lateral change of direction, some of the things there, along with his brother, um, are going to be things that, that are worked on. But, yeah, man, there is so much uh to like with their commitments and if it wasn't for maybe some of the issues in, in in space which there really aren't many you know when you look at some of the other prospects OU's had this past decade um I think that's the only thing maybe keeping his um his his rating down but one thing you mentioned that I want to touch on just real fast is the offensive productivity of these defensive prospects and I think this is something that in almost everybody OU has has not just offered, but really gone after on the defensive side of the ball. If you don't have some offensive tape to show that not only can you catch the ball or handle the ball, um, but you also have a little little smoothness, a, a, a little uh, shiftiness to your to your movement, to your game, then you're not going to be a defensive back at Oklahoma. Right, a defensive back at Oklahoma should be the best athlete on the field at their high school, and that I think that's what this staff is running with. Um, 
Man, I want to move to some of the, the the high school targets that are that are left out there. And in this, we're obviously going to have some less than stellar news. We're going to have some awesome news. Um, I, maybe we start with the less than stellar side. Does that that sound good? Sure, I'll work. I'll work the temperature from like we're. Uh, I'll, I'll work the temperature from 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 cool to hot. That's perfect. I think that's fantastic. So so let's start with. Uh, I won't go over all the names because you'll hit those as we go. Um, but there are some big names we'll list. Let's start with the cool side. Where does OU stand with uh with the some of the main major commitments that that are still out there? Well, they're they are in. The the commitment of CJ Blocker is frozen. He's he's back with Utah. OU offered him really late in the process. OU legacy, you losing out another OU legacy. But really, this is I think this is more due to his comfort with the Utah staff and how well Utah recruits and also evaluates players. So I'm not sure that's such a big loss considering all the other all the other. Uh, DBs that OU have because CJ is probably a cornerback and OU's done a really good job at cornerback. So I don't think it's a huge loss there, but that recruiting is is frozen dead. It looks like the recruiting of uh, linebacker Damian Sanford, the teammate of uh, DJ Hicks at Pow- uh, Katie Powtow, that looks like that's not going anywhere. He's he's staying with AM. Doesn't look like that. Whereas at one point, I think OU had made a real push after his visit for Bedlam. I think over the weeks that 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 impact has become less and less. And I think he's pretty locked in to locked in with Texas A&M. In addition, we're not hearing any reports of Jordan Allen, the tight end defensive end from uh, Alethi, Kansas, not hearing any reports of him coming in, coming to Norman for an official visit. So it looks like K-State has has managed to Hillary momentum OU had there again with his his bedlam visit. And I think there was a chance that OU was was making some noise there, but it, it looks like you know that's 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 turned back towards K-State. Uh and then finally, um, I don't know what to make of the recruiting of Micah Tease at this point. Um, OU's offered, um, has taken the commitment from Dave McCullough. They've offered another wide receiver. Uh, we'll talk about him a little bit later in Chance Fitzgerald uh, from Tennessee, teammate of defensive end Tyler Tyler Wine. So I, I don't know where Micah Tease and OU are right now. He's obviously verbal to Arkansas. He's been verbal to Arkansas for a very long time. Historically, Arkansas always does really well at Tulsa. Arkansas also has always done well at Booker T. Washington in Tulsa. Yep. yep. So if we go all the way back um, you know, to the early 2000s, They've always been a presence there, uh, so it's 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 hard. And I, I think it's just in limbo. I think OU's kind of trying to kind of evaluate where they are with their ships left, and and do they do they like Tease at wide receiver or do they like Fitzgerald at wide receiver more? Um, Tease offers some versatility at his position. Obviously, you could try him at DB, at safety, I would say. But you know, with Day McCullough, I, I think maybe. I think Micah Tease is sort of in limbo. Could it flip back OU's way? I mean, you know, OU certainly has the connection with his brother. Miles was a good sooner. Uh, but I would say that's, that's, I'm going to, I don't know if it's hot or cold. It's just sort of like in limbo. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, personally, I, I don't know. With Fitzgerald, you're getting maybe a different kind of player. 
you know, yeah, different wide receivers, definitely. Different yeah. body types. Yeah. Tease is, is sort of the, the classic kind of 5'11, 185, 190 kind of, you know, Sterling Shepard, bigger Ryan Broyles kind of guy. Yeah. And, and I think you might be getting some stuff if you just, if this tease thing doesn't work out at all, which, you know, in this case, I guess we could say we don't really know for sure. Um, Limbo's a fantastic word. Uh, Fitzgerald is he's a big bodied guy and I think fans are going to probably lean towards maybe wanting that a little more we've seen some big bodied guys in Norman recently not necessarily pan out Um, I don't think he's going to go in here and be a guy who if OU does bring him in that is a you know maybe a number one at any point or even a number two but he's certainly a frame that could you know, go get a long score. He's not a guy who's going to, you know, juke you out of your socks or anything of that nature, but he's a guy who can go get down in the red zone, get a catch or two, um, and, and really, uh, really do some good stuff. Um, let's talk about, uh, some of these warmer commitments right now. Some of the things that are looking pretty good for the Sooners. Well, where do, uh, where does OU stand with some of these guys? Well, I'm going to go, Start hot and then go to lukewarm. So I'm going to try and be positive and then end this end this little segment, you know, on some iffy news. So I still have Peyton Bowen in the hot category. Uh, it's coming down to it, the final in-homes of this week. And I think we're looking at a national signing day decision from Peyton Bowen. And if you force me to make it if you force me to to give you an answer right now i would say oh you mm. interesting also um the player who has been sort of someone i've refused to kind of give an answer on for so long uh even made it even made an italian political joke about him uh to Akana, the outside linebacker defensive end from utah i think you need to put him i think he's now in the hot ou territory He's not taking it. He's not taking his final visit. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. So Utah and Tennessee seem to be falling by the wayside. And that leaves just LSU and Texas really as the main competitors. And OU had a lead on those guys prior to his Kansas visit when he visited for the Kansas game. And then OU led after that. And then things have just been quiet because he doesn't really talk to anybody. Doesn't give a lot of interviews, but there's been a rash uh, outbreak of crystal balls and forecasts from our competitors at 247 and Rivals. Uh, I got a hint from somebody after the Kansas game that OU really had a had a big lead on him, and I just had, had just never got an update. So it looks to me that Tassilia Kana is hot. The temperature range for OU and Tassilia Kana is hot, and that would be a big, big boost for OU. He's not quite a one-to-one replacement for Colton Vasek, but if you've looked at Tassilia Kana's senior film, looking at his frame, looking at his size, they're similar athletes. He's 6'4", 225. He could easily put on 20 pounds, easy. Uh, he's got a huge wingspan. He's he's just sacking the quarterback. He's in the backfield all day. So this would be a this would be a big addition for for OU. If they could close uh, close this defensive end uh, outside linebacker from Utah, yeah, I think that would be monstrous. You know, and and 
if well, we've talked about it in the chat with some of these offers that are still out there and the prospects that have been brought in, you know, fans last year maybe were a bit disheartened about how the, the recruiting panned out. I think maybe they thought the the presence of, of Venables and the staff he was going to bring in, Coach Bates, that it was going to, to manifest a, a little bit quicker. But what we're really seeing here, Chris, and I, I would imagine you'd agree with me on this, is it takes a year, a lot of times, in the, the coach having a full season, a full calendar year to scout, have their their team out there looking at tape, going and, going and visiting guys, and building these relationships. This is when you're starting to see the the fruits of of that labor, and what you're seeing here is a a class that if OU even just picks up um, Bowen and Akana, I mean, what are we looking at in terms of of rivals? Where right now they sit about eighth or ninth in in most of the uh, the given rankings, you know, ESPN has them a little bit higher. Um, but, you know, a lot of people tend to refer to 24-7 and rivals. They feel like maybe the scouting's a little bit better on that. Um, what is the potential for Oklahoma w- with some of these um, prospects that are still left out there if they commit? Are we potentially looking at a top five class with historically the maybe the best defensive prospects? based on high school and in one full full uh, recruiting swipe? Well, if you can close on on Peyton Bowen and, and Tassilia Kana, a 247, all props to them. They have a class calculator feature, which does a great job, and they've been able to project classes. I, I spend too much time there plugging in players, moving players in, in and out, projecting uh, OU classes, especially early in the process. Um. So right now, they're about 281 points. If they get those two players, and and the way 247 system is, every additional player has sort of like less weight to it. So, so, so you can't sign 30 players and just have a huge class and have a top class that way. So they have an algorithm that sort of like applies less weight the, the more the bigger your class gets. But if you add those two guys... OU moves to uh, a class rating of right around 294 points, which would be their highest ever on 247 and would give them a top five class based upon the the last five years of data. Wow. Wow. And uh, and as you mentioned, with, with those two guys, you literally have playmakers on every level. So you've got PJ, LeBlanc, and Akana up front. And obviously, I think Taylor Wine and, and Ashton Sanders have great potential, but they're just not ranked in the top 200, top 150. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you'd have those three playmakers up front. Second level, you'd have Lewis Carter and Sam Omasigo, who are both you know, just physical athlete linebackers. Um, Carter, I think, is just, he's like an alpha. He walks on campus and it's sort of an Eric Stryker kind of leader, hitter kind of player. Um, Sam has actually gone on 247's ranking system for their own rankings, not the composite. 
he's moved up from like 650 up to number 67 this year. Man. And basically the space of seven months. That's how, that's how good Sam has been on the, on the camp circuit and uh, his senior year film and people just realizing, you know, that he's just an elite athlete. So that's, so that's your second level sort of of your defense. And then the secondary, if you add Peyton Bowen, then you've got Makari Vickers, Jacoby Johnson, Peyton Bowen, and uh, Josiah Wagner, and, and Dave McCullough. So you, you've, you've got a fivesome of top 200 uh, type players with Bowen being a five-star safety by three of the services. Vickers is a fantastic looking back. He could also be a safety. He also could be a wide receiver. Jacoby Johnson, same thing. I mean, he he's an unbelievable looking wide receiver at the high school level. Wants to going to play cornerback for OU. I just saw footage of him jumping out of the gym for his high school basketball team. Yeah, doing windmill dunks. Uh, to your point about twitchy, explosive athletes. Uh, you don't get any more explosive and, 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 than, than Jacoby Johnson. I mean, it just, it, it's not just the, it's the depth of talent, right? It's literally on every level to repeat myself here. Um, every level has a, has a playmaking superstar, potential playmaking superstar. Yeah, no. And I don't really know if, if fans have quite just put together the, the level of athleticism that, that you are seeing in this class and what it truly takes to get an offer from Oklahoma, where if a guy is, is not a highly rated recruit based on the camp circuit and the polish of his game and, and competing in those scenarios, then you go to his film and there is some athletic trait that that individual possesses that is far and away not just better than anyone around him, but will will get to Oklahoma and also still be one of the better in that area. Uh, Jacoby Johnson's a great example, you know, and, and just guys who can move in a way that you have not seen guys be able to move at OU uh, coming off the defense, you know, maybe since, you know, Kenneth Murray was a, was a twitchy individual, but the you know his story is you know everyone knows it in terms of just the the struggle he had with you know position changes and coaching staff changes there was just a lot there but you know OU really hasn't seen this for the better part of a decade and and what you are seeing is the the building blocks of a defense that you know well, we've done a ton of research on it correct me if i'm wrong too this might be not might this would be a better defensive class than what Venables brought in in either his first or second year at Clemson. Granted, they haven't produced on the field yet. Totally with you know, understand that. But these rankings tend to hold true really well. The 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 ranking system on twenty four seven, and and of course rivals. And then uh, make sure you guys are on Sooners three sixty because we are also going to be. Uh, posting our uh, rankings based on what the Sooners are bringing in, you know, each player in each class, and then also giving you guys uh, sort of a, a composite from that, which you all, I think you will uh, enjoy. Uh, but it's just a, a different level of athlete that they're bringing in. Um, is there is there anything else 
out there in terms of, of visits from some of the high school guys, uh, what is left sort of on the bone, if you will, uh, for the Sooners and their staff as, as we near this signing day? Yeah, it's the last um, weekend for official visits before the early signing day. There are like three or four names out there who I think could be on campus this weekend. If OU can uh, arrange it, I think Marcus Strong, the defensive tackle from Florida, will be on campus. He's, you know, on film, he's he's listed around 6'4", 6'5", about 270, 275. He's a big athlete. There's a, there's a lot of upside, a lot of ceiling to him. Uh, I really like I really like him on film. OU needs young defensive tackles uh, into the program with the loss of uh, Sed Roberts and Alton Tarver. Mm-hmm. There's, there's the 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 cupboards bare in terms of young defensive linemen, other than um, uh, other than Holton. Uh, there's no one else really uh, in there um, with Kelvin Gilliam's injury status, kind of leaving him a little bit up in the air. So regardless of what happens with um, DJ Hicks, and that's that's obviously, that, that could be its own podcast, that story. Um, I don't know where OU is with that. He's visited, just visited Oregon. He's visiting A&M this weekend. The visits would tell you OU's in third place. I don't know if they are. It's another story that won't get answered until signing day. So if I was OU, I would push for strong and bank Put put strong in the bank. If you get picks, great. You need the young defensive tackles. Not a problem to add an additional one from a roster numbers wise. But if strong could visit, I know you could make a push for his verbal. I think that would be a wise move for the Sooners. Additionally, along the defensive line, OU offered Quincy Rhodes last week. He's a big, big framed athletic defensive end. He's currently verbal to Arkansas. Arkansas has had some defensive coaching changes and some behind-the-scenes staff changes. So maybe he's open to to flipping. Maybe he's open to visiting OU. I'd love to see OU bring him in for an official visit. Again, OU just can't have too many big big defensive linemen. He he's six seven two fifty five. He could easily be three hundred and and play him anywhere. I I don't understand how he's not. Got offers from everybody based upon his tape. He, big guys with that frame shouldn't move that shouldn't move that quickly. They shouldn't be that twitchy. Um, and you know, there's always a chance of a hail mary secret visitor, the infamous secret visitor. Oh, you've got a lot of offers to kids out there. There's a lot of transitions going on in college football right now. Coaches moving, assistants moving. It wouldn't shock me if if a name showed up and we're trying to figure out where OU is with that name on Monday or Tuesday. Now, to me, recruiting is a marathon, not a sprint. Generally speaking, OU makes late offers to players. Uh, it, those offers aren't going to land. It's a, the hit and miss. The hit the hit rate's pretty low because you just don't have the relationships built up with the kids. So you could see a late name show up. The odds of it. Probably would probably a pretty low of OU signing him, but you know there's always there's always a possibility. I will say, uh, Barry, while, while we've been talking, I've been checking my Twitter feed, 
and a name I've been mentioning a couple of times and not a lot, not a lot of feedback coming back positively for OU recently, but Juco stud offensive lineman Keyshawn Blackstock. Okay. He's, he's OU's only made two Juco offers much to my amazement based upon all the talent out in Juco in the Juco system. It's really been reloaded due to COVID yeah, and, and COVID a lot of players didn't get offers so they went to the JUCO, and just a lot of really good players are in the JUCO system. But OU, OU only made two JUCO offers. One was to Kendall Dolby, the cor- the DB that they got from NEO. The other one was to Keyshawn Blackstock. And based upon the film that I watched, he's the best JUCO offensive lineman I think I've probably seen in forever. Agreed. I mean, the offers sort of tell that story too. Yeah, I mean, he. But his hit, but it's not just, I mean, the offers sometimes on Juco's, you know, people are reaching, like, I, I got to get a body in, right? I've, I've lost, my offensive line's terrible. I got to get somebody in, right? So, and I, I can't just rely on high school freshmen. This is kind of before the portal, really. But that's generally, generally how Juco O-line sometimes went, right? Like, okay, I got to get somebody in. Yep. But he, he looks like a first-round draft pick. I mean... He's just killing people out there. His his and he's at a really good, he's at a really good junior college. Plays really good, you know, really good competition. Um, so I believe he's at Hutch. I think he's at Hutchinson. Um, it's Hutchinson or Cardinal City. I can't quite remember. Um, but he just dropped a top five while we were talking, and OU's in his top five, along with Oregon, Tennessee, USC. And Michigan State. So there's a lot of um, fiscal competition there. Um, but if you were, but if, but if you viewed those staffs, I would say OU is the, and Bill Biedenbaugh is the best offensive line production group out of those teams. Interesting. Yeah, I think the only team on there that maybe I would personally be concerned with, and this just kind of goes back to to the relationship piece, would maybe be Michigan State. And that's yep. just because it was a little bit early on, back, back before, you know, Juco. I know they were talking throughout. He's been an interesting prospect. I don't, you never know what got guys down to Juco. There's so many factors, right? There's so many things. That he's, from the, he's from the uh, Georgia area. Originally. Georgia. Okay. Yeah, I knew it. Was, I thought it was somewhere south. I was thinking Florida, but yeah, Georgia makes makes sense. Like you said, yeah, out of good. Sorry, school. he's yeah, he's from Covington, Georgia. Um, and he's at sorry, he's at Coffeeville. So he's so he's playing Garden City. He's playing Hutchinson. He's playing NEO. He's playing Iowa Western, and he's just dominating. And those those schools all have, because uh, we've been tracking them, all have Division One offers that on their D lines and he's just dominating guys out there. So he, he would be, if you've got black stock, it changes really portal recruiting as well, because he's like a, he's, he's like a portal addition. Uh, And he's, and he's, he's in your starting five. All of a sudden you don't have to, he's pushing somebody out or he's, he's, he's one of your starting five offensive linemen. So for OU missing, Having to replace three guys, it, it it would create great competition uh along the offensive line. So I don't know when he's planning on visiting or what's going or where it is, but hopefully that's not just uh he's not just a uh, OU's not a just a hat on a table coming up. Cause he's 
he's a fantastic um he's a fantastic looking offensive lineman yeah you know and, and as you said he would affect some of the, the these portal guys that OU's currently looking at there there's some interior offensive line players who are you know relatively developed uh some of them with with a handful of accolades in their first a uh, year or two, you know, haven't been at programs like Oklahoma, but I, I will say uh, we are seeing a little bit of an overall step up um, in terms of the the caliber of guy OU is going after and and landing right. Um, yeah. McCullough from Indiana is really the first one that stands out. OU did not get a player in the portal like him a year ago. So the the portal, I think, is what really intrigues fans the most right now, just because of the instant impact uh, that that they can have on the team and how quickly uh, things can change when you add a, a guy or two. Just look at USC and Michigan State a year or two ago. Uh, so so Chris, as it stands, uh, where is OU with some of these more um, instant play tomorrow portal portal players? Well, the, the portal thing is definitely harder to track because the players aren't necessarily on social media telling you everything that's going on. So it looks like right now there are about, there are about five portal players, I think, that are in that have offers that are sort of in play for OU right now. And they, some of them may show up on campus this weekend. The portal players don't sort of take the same big official visit that high school guys do because they've already done that kind of experience. So here are five names I think to watch for OU. And I think they fit five big needs. So obviously we've seen OU lose wide receivers and we know OU needs wide receiver help. So I think the big name here is uh, Trey Matthews from Louisiana tech. Sorry, sorry. Trey Harris from Louisiana tech. Um, he's, he's 6'2", 205, um, just a fantastic looking wide receiver. He had nearly a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns this year for La Tech. He would be a great fit for, for what OU wants to do. Bigger receiver, speedy, got good speed. Yeah. Make, can make people miss a little bit. Uh, so if, Harris is maybe the bigger guy, the the guy they're maybe looking at that would bring a little more speed and make you miss and take take the ten yard pass, fifty yards is uh, Xavier Guillory from Idaho State, and he had nearly eight hundred yards receiving, and he's he's got really good. I mean, he's just pulling away from folks on on tape. He's taking a short pass, taking a slant, and just pulling away from everybody. So I think OU's, you know, charging along with those two guys. I think we could see them both in Norman fairly quickly. Um, on the O-line level, um, Jeremy Byers is an offer. He's he's at UTEP. He's had a really, really good season. UTEP's been producing good offensive line. For years. Uh, their, their, their coach is a – their coach sort of prides himself on their O-line, their head coach. And he's 6'4", 320, 330. He would be a big, you know, OU needs help at guard. He would be sort of, you put him into that guard mix, and maybe that allows you to play um, Savion Bird at tackle and give you more depth at tackle. Hmm. 
And then at tackle, OU's recently just offered Dylan Wade from Tulsa. And you might think, why is OU offering uh, a Tulsa offensive tackle? Well, Ohio State just offered him. Everybody's offered him. He's about 6'4", 6'5", 290, very athletic, has had a really good, uh, really good year. Um, you've, Tulsa has actually had a good run on offensive linemen. They're, uh, the Dallas Cowboys drafted a Tulsa offensive lineman as their future tackle in the most recent draft. And he's gotten a lot of good offers. So I think he's originally from Texas, the, I think the Houston area. So OU's got some some obvious sort of connections there in terms of being able to work uh, to work Dylan Wade, uh, perhaps uh, as an offensive tackle, and then the final uh, the final guy who everyone thinks will be on campus this weekend is the is the fascinating case of OU recruiting Oklahoma State defensive end uh, Trace Ford. Um, Trace uh, had two fantastic years at OSU, very productive, kind of the classic, why did OU not recruit this guy? Then he's had two two really injury-plagued years. He lost an entire year for one knee injury and and came back this year and uh, was able to play. It wasn't quite the same, so you're not, you're not sure if he just needs another year of rehab. But he's a defensive end, and he would he's a pass rusher. and. OU needs defensive ends. They need pass rushers. So him switching from OSU to to OU would not only be sort of historic, but OU needs defensive ends in your system. Yeah, and especially one like him. You know, he would be such a a culture player. And and that's, you know, I wish fans, you know, could see some of the stuff that we go back with in our, in our admin chat. And then also a lot of the stuff that's on the board is he is the type of player who can bring a little bit of what Oklahoma State has had. And I, I know we're sort of, you know, given accolades here, given flowers to the rival. But one thing that OSU, and I don't think we can really argue, you know, with this point is Gundy has created a culture of of development, you know, sort of hard-nosed mentality. You know, Rob Glass over there has helped instill that. And I think getting a guy like Trace Ford, I don't believe you're necessarily getting an an every-down defensive end who's going to see the majority of the snaps. Uh, What you are getting with a player like that is a guy who can be a great voice, a great teacher to this is going to be a youth movement, right? You're going to have a lot of youngsters on this team. This is almost the same way that you, you know, sort of build out an NBA roster in a sense, right? Especially when you're trying to get to the promised land and then you have a, a young core. And we have some lottery picks coming in, right? So it's like, it, we need some veterans to show them how to be NBA veterans. Exactly. And I think that's the best analogy for a guy like Ford. He's the type of player who maybe during the season won't wow you with numbers, but you get to a Big 12 championship, you get to a, you know, hopefully a college football playoff and you're third, fourth quarter and need a big sack and he's on the field and he makes the play, right? He's that type of of athlete. Um, I, I find, you, you mentioned Byers, 
he's interesting to me because he developed really well at UTEP. He, and they've he went, done a good job. They've done a good job of with offensive linemen over the years. There's a couple of UTEP O-line around in the NFL. Yeah, but I think OU played against one. Maybe the, this Hernandez. is a while back. Hernandez. Hernandez. Yeah, so so you have some players from you know some of these programs. Uh, you know the Dylan Wade one. I remember Tulsa playing Ohio State in twenty one, and yeah. I, I wanted to double check that, but I'm pretty sure he played for some reason in that game. So I didn't know about the Ohio State offer. I, I didn't realize that that also had come. But that's interesting that um, sometimes those coaches, man, they're you know on the field with uh, some of the guys they're playing against, and they, they see a guy stand out. And now, you know, you might in every game you play in the new transfer portal era have a, a bird eye in the sky scouting the other team. You know, to a degree that hasn't been seen before. You make a mark in a notebook, you tell a, an assistant, you tell a, you know, a staffer, hey, put this name, add this name to our spreadsheet, you know, a players, you know, opposing players to track. You know, you never know when the name's going to come pop back up or when a recruiting relationship might pop back up. And one last name to throw at you is Marcus Doomerville hit the portal. He's an offensive lineman at LSU who came down to basically OU and uh, LSU, and he chose LSU. He's from from Florida. I believe he's related to the defensive end who uh, played in the NFL from Louisville, Doomerville. Elvis. Elvis. He's he's related to Elvis. Um, he's not had great success. He's played he's played at LSU. Hasn't really you know starred too much. I think we can all talk about. The fact that the last two years, LSU's development environment has not been the best. And the coaching change can certainly derail people. And, you know, Bill Bill recruited this guy out of high school. So he has a relation, he has a you know close relationship with him. Because, you know, when you go down to the final two, you know, Bill spent, you know, obviously probably about 12 months recruiting him. So I wouldn't be surprised if you kicked the tires there, maybe, just because of the of the relation, the relationship involved. And again, he would be another offensive tackle uh, option that could perhaps come into play for for OU from the portal. So, you know, you never you just never know when a recruiting relationship is gonna is gonna pop back open for you. Um, and you know, Dayson McCullough, um, you know, Brent exhausted every piece of energy he could trying to recruit Dayson uh, in 2000, 2020 and two thousand twenty one before he signed. So you you never know. Uh, in this portal age, when when a near miss might turn around and, and be somebody who who falls into your falls into your team again, yeah, you're exactly right. You know, and let let me ask you this big picture as we sort of wrap things up here today. You know, this is the first real full recruiting cycle that that Sooner fans are getting to see what this staff is is capable of, and I think fans know maybe all too well the uh, the feeling of the the rug pull you know shortly before signing day uh with the 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 recent history of of the previous staff what what is your kind of overall temperature check with where the momentum is um where the expected losses if at all might be you know you don't even necessarily have to name names but but does this feel like 
a a recruiting class in totality, both um, high school level and transfer um, uh, portal prospects, where we're going to be finishing maybe on on a on a downswing right in the middle, or is it going to be uh, stock up um, for the Sooners? Well, where is uh, Chris's uh, sort of temperature thoughts there? Well, I think it's going to be. I think we're going to end on a high. I think we're going to have drama on National Signing Day. So we're we're going to be waiting just we're, we're going to be waiting for OU to push a notice officially saying a player's in or waiting for notice from a couple of kids. I think Akana and Bowen are going to announce on signing day at some point. So I think we're going to have it's going to be it's going to be high noon, high stakes drama for OU and I think they're going to win those two battles. And really everything else after that is would be um, would be the cherry on top, really. Um, if you can get those two guys and win those two battles, then that's it, it'd be a huge boost for OU. I think for the portal, OU's missed out on some kids. Some kids haven't made it to Norman. They've gone elsewhere first and committed elsewhere. Uh, Caleb Banks being one of them. So I think the the portal is going to be a little bit of a, a a battle back and forth. But I think once we once the portal's finished, we're going to look at what OU's got and realize that it's 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 we've added a lot of we've added some depth, we've added some starters at key positions, and we've added some players that that will help us. I just don't think I'm not sure that they're. I think this is true for most programs. I'm just not. There's no Caleb Williams superstar in the portal. In my opinion, the closest for for OU's needs is Dayson McCullough. He's yeah. he's the best front seven defender in the portal, in my opinion, in terms of his his ceiling and potential. I mean, and the fact he's not coming with baggage, and the reason why he's leaving Indiana is is, is just very simple. It's, it's not what it's not what it was advertised to be. So, and he was productive. So, there's a lot of five star kids in the portal who just haven't been producing. That's not the case with Dayson. He's his his he's going he's skyrocketing and. And you put Dayson at either Will or Cheetah, and all of a sudden it just it helps it helps reset that OU defense uh, in that that's at the second second level at the linebacker level, and that's and that's huge for for OU. So if, from my perspective, uh, McCullough, Bowen, and Akana, which <laughs> is a little tough to say. Um, that's that's a huge boost, I think, for the future of OU. Those are three guys who can transform uh, transform your defense from with just their speed, playmaking, and and their ability. Tackles for loss, sacks, big plays, playmakers, upgrades at three positions. Yeah. So I think that's 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 the ascendant track. I think you could probably get lost in the weeds at. Well, should they have gotten this wide receiver or that wide receiver or this offensive lineman or that offensive lineman from the portal? And and you know, I think you got to trust the evaluation and and the, the evaluation of our coaching staff and kind of just go from there. But I think if those those three pieces are kind of the we're moving into the future, and when you tie that big big bundle of recruiting with Jackson Arnold, who is OU has gotten a better quarterback than Malachi Nelson. If you had told me middle of last December that OU was going to get a better quarterback than Malachi Nelson, I would have told you you were an idiot. 
that there was no way in the world that was going to happen. OU's re- QB recruiting was dead in the water because Lincoln Riley had just, you know, had just daisy-cuttered it. Mm. So getting Jackson Arnold, getting all these defenders is, is, just, is just a massive win in year one for recruiting. I, I can't believe they recruited this well year one. This should really be their second year class. This class should really be in the the 15, 16s, and I should be trying to explain to you why all these three-star kids are are good evals. Not talking about 13 to 13 defenders that are potentially in the top 300. Which is is incredible momentum. Not just for this class, but then every class thereafter, you know, you can sell that, hey, you're going to have some talent around you and these are the guys who are going to be making hay in in the SEC and that's one of the things that i just kind of look at and and say especially OG... since especially since that SEC window may be creeping a year earlier it is and and this is a roster that if ou was in the SEC now you would say this is a good set of players you know maybe there is that sort of missing piece on the defensive front that elite guy which you know, where we're hopeful, but, you know, sort of don't know in terms of the the elite name that OU has gone after um, there. But I will tell you all that every bit of this is going to be discussed on National Signing Day. Um, Chris, myself, Matt, Caleb, DMAC, or Damian Mackey, for those who um, maybe don't listen to the Barry and Mac show, um, as, as well as Kyle, we are going to be doing a ton of stuff live um, out there on Twitter for National Signing Day. I'm not going to go quite into the details yet, but on that day, you guys are going to want to tune in. It is going to be just elite, fantastic coverage. We're going to get into the weeds of of positions and athleticism and and where guys stand, what we think about the class, uh, what we think about certain players, where they might fit. Uh, We'll talk about the portal. By then, we might have more idea of where OU is going with the portal in terms of direction. Uh, But until that time, make sure that you guys go to Sooners360.com. Over there, we're already discussing all of this and more. The discourse is fantastic, and there is discourse over there. You know, as many know, we got the great Keegan Renault um, over there putting out some controversial takes, uh, according to some Sooner fans, but he defends it well, and it's just a a community over there that um, I'm proud to be a part of that has uh, has really manifested into something that that we envisioned. And, and not become something else. Uh, so, so, Chris, as we part ways today, um, anything you want to leave the uh, listeners with? Because this is your show. Well, I, I think just just remember that OU has 23 really good verbal commitments. Sometimes the end of the end of this process, you get too too torn up and too focused on the losses at the very end, and you forget about how this process was built and how this class was built starting in January with five-star top 10, maybe the best quarterback in the country, Jackson Arnold was the first verbal. And, oh, you had a tremendous run in the summer. You know, I think sometimes we forget about players like, like Jacoby Johnson, 
Makari Vickers, uh, Lewis Carter. You know, these are all what we will be focusing on signing day is hopefully we're going to be like cheering and raving over some big wins. But let's not forget the guys that we've been getting throughout this whole process. Because sometimes they get they get lost, you know, you forget about them. And that's that's a big part of our signing day discussions. And a big part of what we'll be doing post-signing day is giving you guys the best evaluation and the best opinions and discussion on the class itself. Talking really diving into who OU just got. I love it. Well, Chris, tell everybody where to uh, follow you on Twitter uh, for, for all of the recruiting news, the, the retweets, the predictions, which, by the way, not to uh, pat ourselves on the back there, but, man, you were on uh, the Dayson McCullough prediction, and we were first – to uh to that one so that's a that's a nice little feather in, in your cap there but tell people where they can follow you they can follow me at cm underscore sooners 360 i love it and guys make sure to go follow sooners 360 on twitter it's just at sooners 360 um awesome stuff being posted there daily go visit the site go get the vip membership we would love to have you as we said, I won't continue waxing poetic on it, but awesome community. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in to the Sooners 360 podcast. Make sure to tune into the Blitz Report, the Barry and Max show, and uh, got some cool stuff coming up there uh, very soon. Uh, but make sure you guys keep tuning in every week. Subscribe, follow, all that good stuff, and we will see you soon. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.